The Darkhives are a collection of the paranormal, the occult, the unusual, and the strange tales from all around this world and others. This podcast contains mature themes and language. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome back to the Dark Ives, and happy Thursday. First, I'd like to begin with apologizing for my extended leave of absence. Life comes at you very fast. I've had a lot going on, and on top of it, I've been in the process of moving to San Diego. But I'm here now, and we can get back into the swing of things with weekly episodes from here on out, I promise. So, if any of my listeners live in San Diego, I'm in the Ocean Beach area, and if you know how to surf, let me know because I'm learning and I would like some surfing friends. I would also like to say that right outside my apartment, they are doing some road cleanup because it was super sandy and super windy yesterday, so there's a lot of construction going on. If you hear that, please ignore it. But today, in honor of President's Day earlier this week, we will be discussing the many, many reported hauntings and strange happenings in the White House, a lot of which are said to be the ghosts of previous presidents and first ladies. The haunted house archetype is one of the most iconic and well-known in the paranormal world, so it makes sense that the most famous house in the world wouldn't be any different. Typically, very influential places and people seem to pop up a lot in the supernatural sense, and it doesn't get much more influential than the White House, so buckle in, we have a lot to cover. But before we get to the deceased in D.C., let's ponder the question. What exactly is a ghost? But before we creep up on the topic of this episode, I would ask that you reach out to me on social media. You can find The Dark Ives on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok with username at the Dark Ives Cast. And you can also check out thedarkives.com where my episodes will also be posted. I have also placed timestamps for each section of this episode in the show description. Ghost sightings go back as far as recorded history, with the earliest potential recording being a 3,500-year-old Babylonian stone tablet. It was said to maybe be kept in an ancient exorcist library, as Babylon had an entire school dedicated to a specialist magic that taught students how to send the spirits of the dead back to the afterlife so that they couldn't cause any more trouble in the physical world. Ghosts are typically believed to be the remaining spirit or soul of someone who has passed on from this life, but there are a few more hypotheses that could explain the millennia-old phenomenon. Many ghosts seem to be trapped in an endless cycle, not knowing that they are dead and forever performing menial tasks. So let's do an exercise to explain some of the theories surrounding such events. So let's say you've just won the lottery and bought a very old, beautiful Victorian mansion, as we can all hope. But the first night you spend there, you see a figure at the top of the grand staircase, and upon further investigation, you find that it is an apparition of a woman walking down the stairs. A much more common visual than you might think. You're scared shitless, but after some time there, you get used to it. You may see her in the corner of your eye around the rest of the mansion, but you mostly see her on the stairs, or you hear the creaking of the steps as if someone is making their way down, only to repeat these actions for as long as you live there. You do your research and you learn that the original lady of the house was murdered there, so where do you go from here? What could the apparition really be? Some religious people don't believe in the idea of a ghost, and only in angels and demons. If you go to your Christian church with this information, a member of your congregation might tell you that ghosts aren't real, and that the spirit is actually a malevolent demon taking the shape of a ghostly woman. 
But if the spirit hasn't caused any real trouble and doesn't seem to be aware of its deceased status, why would you ever think of it as malevolent? Other religious or agnostic people who believe in the soul might view the ghost as a trapped human spirit in a limbo or purgatory-like realm that exists right alongside the material realm as the middle ground between paradise and the pit. Some other explanations outside of religious ones could include a ghost as not necessarily the actual soul or spirit of a person, but as the leftover energy signature from a traumatic event. Many claims of ghost sightings exist in areas or locations where horrible accidents, murders, executions, etc. take place. People are full of energy, especially during times of high emotional stress. What if the energy you put into the world leaves a scar on the area, and while you may see the woman on the stairs, it may not be the literal spirit of the woman when she was alive. More like a metaphysical gif. I will never say gif. A ghost could be a glitch in the matrix, showing a blip of a previous event. A theory that I don't think I've seen online, but that I have wondered, is what if a ghost or apparition is merely just a snapshot of a time before? Sometimes ghosts of people have been reported even while they're still alive, and this theory could possibly be an explanation for a case such as that. A more esoteric belief is that of the egregore. We will eventually dig way deeper into this topic because it goes far beyond human spirits. According to Wikipedia, which is a reliable source, I don't care, the definition of an egregore is an occult concept representing a non-physical entity that arises from the collective thoughts of a distinct group of people. It's basically a witchy way of saying the famous phrase, power resides where men believe it resides. Belief is powerful. Some believers in the idea of the egregore say that everything and everyone has an egregore a spiritual clump of energy solely based around something or someone. The theory mostly applies to deities and non-human spirits, in which it is believed that the egregore can eventually become a conscious, albeit still a non-physical entity, and interact with the physical world much like a pre-existing spirit can. Others say that the egregore cannot become sentient on its own, and that when these thought forms grow so large, other pre-existing spirits might latch themselves onto the egregore and become one with it. But even if the egregore of someone does exist, even without sentience, it could maybe still appear to someone else, also explaining how someone could see the spirit of someone who isn't dead, or explaining how the ghost of someone can be seen in multiple different places, which kind of goes against the rules we typically believe in when it comes to ghosts. The egregore idea could even explain the doppelganger phenomenon. Perhaps if you've seen an identical twin of yourself, like many report, you could just be catching a glimpse of your own egregore, born from the thoughts of other people concerning you. Weird. Obviously, I don't know the answer here. Possibly all could be true, and the ghost people have reported seeing are a mix of all the explanations in this exercise. And maybe none are true, and there's an even more mysterious phenomenon happening. Whatever the case, people see ghosts. And always have. And of course, some of these ghosts are said to be those of notable historical people, especially people as influential as American presidents. Of all the sightings of the dead, Abraham Lincoln, in fact, has been reported the most. So much, in fact, that his spirit has become known simply as the White House ghost. The ghost of Honest Abe has been seen following his infamous assassination in Ford's Theater in 1865. The first known occurrence was attributed to former First Lady Grace Coolidge, wife of 30th U.S. President Calvin Coolidge, 
She claimed to have seen his visage in the yellow oval room, which was then used as a library and an office. President Lincoln's spirit was seen standing by the window, staring out at the Potomac. Another famous sighting, this time taking place in 1942, was when the Queen Wilhelmina of the Netherlands was visiting the White House. She reportedly heard a knocking at her door late at night and upon opening the door, saw Lincoln wearing a frock coat and top hat, staring down at her, and the Queen fainted immediately. My favorite Lincoln ghost story happened to none other than Winston Churchill. During his stay at the White House, he was taking a bath while smoking a cigar. When walking out of the bathroom and into his bedroom, he saw the ghostly figure of the long-dead commander-in-chief standing by the fireplace. Churchill, still naked, ashes his cigar, and as nonchalantly as anyone could possibly be in a moment like this, said, and I quote, Good evening, Mr. President. You seem to have me at a disadvantage. Lincoln seemed to smile softly before disappearing. Mary Eben, secretary to Eleanor Roosevelt, saw Lincoln putting on his boots, after which she ran screaming from the side of him. This occurred in the Lincoln bedroom, where the majority of sightings of him have happened. Others that claim to have seen the spirit include President Theodore Roosevelt, who I trust with everything in me, the daughter of Ronald Reagan and her husband, and a number of staff members of the Franklin D. Roosevelt administration have all claimed to have seen Lincoln's spirit including FDR's personal valet, who ran screaming from the White House after he allegedly caught sight of Lincoln's ghost. Many unnamed witnesses claim to have seen the spirit lying face down on the bed in the Lincoln bedroom. Outside of actual visual hauntings, even more people have claimed to have felt the presence of Abe Lincoln. First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt admitted to believing that she felt the spiritual presence of the White House ghost and believed their family dog, Fala, a Scottish terrier, would interact with his ghost, barking out of character and at unusual times. The family dog of the Reagans would also strangely bark at the Lincoln bedroom and refuse to go inside. It seems that Lincoln's ghost spends most of his time knocking at doors, once even waking up President Harry Truman when he spent the night in the Lincoln bedroom. Truman's daughter also experienced the same on a separate occasion. The last major sighting of Lincoln's phantom was in the early 80s when a man named Tony Savoy, who was the White House operations foreman, came into the White House and saw the ghost sitting in a chair at the top of a flight of stairs. If I ever get the chance to visit the White House, I know exactly what room I'm going to first. I actually did get a chance to go to Ford's Theater and the Peterson House across the street where Lincoln was officially pronounced dead, and I did reach behind the glass and touch the bed where he died even though it wasn't allowed. Sorry, Abraham. President Andrew Jackson's ghost supposedly lies in the bed of the Queen's bedroom, also known as the Rose Room. It is said that he lets out a guttural laugh that has been heard in the White House since the 1860s. Many of the White House staff and Mary Todd Lincoln claim to have heard Jackson stomping and swearing. Ex-President William Henry Harrison haunts the attic. Harrison was president for just 31 days before his death in 1841. He was the very first president to die at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. His ghost is said to have been heard moving around the attic of the White House. In 1927, the attic was renovated and turned to an expansion of their executive residence, now the third floor. Legend said he was cursed after troops under his command killed Tecumseh, a Shawnee leader, in the War of 1812. The third president of the United States, Thomas Jefferson, is noted by many to play his ghostly violin in the Yellow Oval Room. Mary Todd Lincoln was also one of the people who encountered the spirit of Mr. Jefferson in there. Once writing to a friend, 
My, my, how that Mr. Jefferson does play that violin. President John Tyler is often seen proposing to his second wife in the Blue Room. How cute. In June of 1945, President Truman wrote to his wife, Bess, about life in the White House during the first two months of his term. He wrote, I sit here in this old house and work on foreign affairs, read reports, and work on speeches, all while listening to the ghosts walk up and down the hallway and even right in here in the study, he wrote. The floors pop up and the drapes move back and forth. I can just imagine old Andy Jackson and Teddy Roosevelt having an argument over Franklin Roosevelt. In 1946, he wrote Bess another letter after he heard a knock on his bedroom door, but no one was there. I jumped up and put on my bathrobe, opened the door, and no one there, he wrote. I went out and looked up and down the hall, looked in your room and Margie's, their daughter Margaret. Still no one. I went back to bed, and after locking the doors, there were footsteps in your room whose door I'd left open. I jumped and looked and no one was there. The damned place is haunted sure as shooting. Secret Service said not even a watchman was up there at that hour. You and Margie had better come back and protect me before some of these ghosts carry me off. And now we're going to take a quick break for an ad. Do you have a puppy? Maybe they're teething and chewing through all of your harnesses and leashes and collars, and you don't know how to deal with it because you've spent so much money already. Well, worry not, because I have a solution you so desperately need. Pack Leashes is for you. I have a growing Rottweiler, Juno, so trust me, I know exactly what you're going through. Her teething stage was like nothing else, and I spent a lot of money trying to keep up with her. Until I found Pack Leashes. Pack Leashes creates strongly crafted leashes, collars, harnesses, toys, and so much more using quality materials, including dynamic rope and carabiners. Pack Leashes is a wonderful company who has helped send over 250,000 meals to dogs in shelters and has joined the fight against puppy mills. They also have a 30-day money-back guarantee if you aren't satisfied with your order, but I promise you will be. When you place your order, they tell you exactly how many meals your purchase will be able to donate to, so they are very upfront about what they are doing with your money. So check out their website and read about all of their charity work and just how many doggy lives they are changing. When you use my code JUNO23, you receive a whopping 20% off your final order. Once again, that is packleashes.com, P-A-C-K-L-E-A-S-H-E-S.com. And my code is JUNO23, J-U-N-O-2-3. Thank you. And now back to the episode. Of course, not only presidents have came and went through the halls of the White House. Many apparitions of the First Ladies have been seen around the premises as well. Moving back to the Lincoln family, and while her ghost hasn't been seen there that I've heard, she did have a very special connection to some spirits that haunted the White House. After the death of her and the president's son, Mary Todd Lincoln became obsessed with spirituality, as many American families had during and after the Civil War. The American death toll was over 750,000, nearly as much as the Revolutionary War, the War of 1812, the Mexican-American War, the Spanish-American War, World War I, World War II, and the Korean War combined. Due to so much death and so many bodies of loved ones not being recovered, families of the deceased weren't able to get closure. The Civil War completely changed how Americans grieved. 
and the 16th First Lady of the United States was no different. Mrs. Lincoln completely delved into this belief system as a way to reach out to her deceased son, Willie, who didn't perish in battle, but died from typhoid fever at the age of 11. She held many seances in the Red Room of the White House, a few of which President Lincoln attended as well. According to whitehousehistory.org, spiritualist activity increased rapidly in America at a time when bereaved citizens were seeking new assurance of continuity and justice after death, and when traditional religion was becoming less able to offer this assurance. Mary Todd was born into a wealthy Protestant family in Lexington, Kentucky, in 1818. She dealt with numerous deaths her entire life, but the death of her son was the most shocking. That is, until her husband was assassinated before her eyes. Not much is known about these seances, but they did seem to help her grieve. She once wrote to her sister, Willie lives. He comes to me every night and stands at the foot of the bed with the same sweet, adorable smile that he always had. He does not always come alone. Little Eddie, her other son that perished at the age of four, is sometimes with him. Abraham Lincoln once spoke to the medium hired by his wife, Nettie Colburn Maynard, and sat down and spoke with him in December of 1862. Maynard spent over an hour with the grieving president and even asked the spirits whether or not he should sign and enact the Emancipation Proclamation. It is said that Lincoln would consult with the spirits of the dead over more than a few political matters, much like how later President Ronald Reagan was obsessed with astrology and would consult with his astrologer secretly before making any big decisions. However, Abraham was never as involved in the movement as his wife was, as he once stated, A simple faith in God is good enough for me, and beyond that, I do not concern myself very much. However, it is believed that Lincoln foresaw his death. Three days before his assassination, he was speaking with Ward Hill Lehman, his friend and biographer, about a dream he had in which he was assassinated. And on the night he made his trip to Ford's Theater, Lincoln also told one of his bodyguards about having the dreams of his death for three straight days, including one where he saw a coffin in the White House, and when he left for the theater, he had uncharacteristically told him goodbye instead of his usual goodnight. Perhaps the spirituality did leave a lasting impression on him, and very well could be why his ghost has stuck around for so long. Some people believe that Mary Todd's seances opened a portal in the White House, which could explain why so many hauntings have occurred there. And others believe that they might have accidentally invited a demon onto the premises. But there is no recorded malevolent hauntings there that I'm aware of. Abraham and Mary's firstborn son eventually had Mary Todd sent away to an asylum against her will after she had become obsessed with mediumship and had squandered a lot of their finances on the subject. She wrote to a feminist lawyer who helped publicize her detainment and after gaining public support was allowed to leave after she was found competent. She then moved in with her sister in Springfield, Illinois, where she died from a stroke around six years later. She did eventually make up with her oldest son shortly before she died. But Mary Todd wasn't the only first lady to hold a seance in the White House. After one of her young sons died in an 1853 train wreck, First Lady Jane Pierce held a seance in the White House to summon his spirit back. Abigail Adams, first lady to the second president, John Adams, used to hang laundry in the East Room. And even now, Abigail supposedly continues to hang her laundry there, even 200 years later. Her ghost is with outstretched arms as if she's carrying a laundry basket. And contemporary staff can smell wet laundry and the scent of lavender in the air in the room. 
The beloved first lady to President James Madison famously saved the portrait of George Washington when the British burned down the White House during the War of 1812. Her ghost can be found in the White House Rose Garden. It is said that she protects the area, and when First Lady Ellen Louise Wilson ordered the area dug up, the landscapers claimed that they were chased away from the garden by Miss Madison. Some other miscellaneous happenings are that of Mr. Burns. David Burns, the man who owned the ground on which the White House stands before he sold it to the government, had apparently been seen in the Oval Office years after his death. A reporter told a security guard for the Truman administration while standing in the yellow Oval Room, he heard a ghostly voice whisper in his ear, I'm Mr. Burns. An unnamed British soldier who perished during the War of 1812 roams the White House grounds, holding a torch, waiting to burn down the White House once again. One little-known spirit is the unidentified 15-year-old boy called The Thing that greatly frightened the Taft domestic staff in 1911. President Taft's military aide, Major Archibald Butt, wrote to his... <laughs> President Taft's military aide, Major Archibald Butt. Major Butt wrote to his sister Clara. The ghost, it seems, is a young boy about 14 or 15 years old. They say that the first knowledge one has of the presence of the thing is a slight pressure on the shoulder as if someone were leaning over your shoulder to see what you might be doing. President Taft ordered Major Butt to tell the White House staff that the first member to repeat stories about the thing would be fired. Mary Todd Lincoln wasn't the only one to see her son Willie, as White House staff members of the Ulysses S. Grant administration had also claimed to see him in the 1870s. But claims even as recently as the 1960s appeared as President Lyndon B. Johnson's college-aged daughter Linda saw the ghost of the young boy and even claimed to have spoken with him. The twin daughters of 43rd President George W. Bush claimed to have had quite a few experiences. Jenna Bush had once said during an interview, it woke us up in the middle of the night. We had a fireplace in our room, and all of a sudden we started hearing 1920s piano music, as clear as day, coming out of the fireplace. She was so scared that she jumped into her sister's bed. The next week, we heard the same thing but opera, she added. When she asked a White House staffer named Buddy about it, he said, Oh, Jenna, you wouldn't believe what I've seen in these walls. Jenna went on to say that she believes the spirits she encountered in the White House were not dangerous. In 2009, First Lady Michelle Obama told visiting school children that she and her husband Barack sometimes heard strange noises in the hallway at night. And other times, some members of the Obama First family claimed to have felt something gnawing or chewing at their feet. The Demon Cat. Yes, I said it. Affectionately referred to as DC, ha ha ha, is the apparition of a small cat that has been seen all around government buildings in the Capitol, including the White House. Described as either a tabby cat or a black cat, the demon cat is said to appear before national tragedy. When seen, it is said that the closer the witness gets to the cat, the larger it grows. Once described as even to reach the size of an elephant. Crazy. I don't know if I believe it, but apparently it's one of the most famous paranormal accounts in Washington, D.C. Supposedly, it was seen before the crash of the stock market, JFK's assassination, and many other events. Tig, also known as Tiger, was a wandering cat of considerable renown owned by President Calvin Coolidge. 
Tiger lived at the White House, but would often visit the other government buildings on occasion, sometimes disappearing for days. When he went on a journey, it was widely reported in the news and got a lot of press. News was very weird back in the day. Maybe the demon cat is just the ghost of Tiger. Maybe the public just loved the stories of the presidential cat and they stuck around until it became a ghost story. Either way, it's pretty cute. Now this is the kind of American history that interests me. I actually did learn a lot about the nation's history while researching this file. What do you think about these hauntings? Do you believe in the spirits of the dead? What is George W. Bush hiding in that fireplace? We may never know. If you would like more content or to hear about future episodes, feel free to reach out to me on my TikTok, Twitter, or Instagram, username at the Dark Eyes Cast. Don't forget to click follow on whatever podcast platform you're listening on and to leave a review of my show. It helps grow the podcast and helps me connect with my listeners so I can continue to put out as much quality content as I can. Let me know what creepy things you'd like to hear covered, and if you have your own personal paranormal story, I'd love to hear that as well. But that is all I have for you today. Until next time, cover your windows, lock your doors, and I'll see you on the other side. Oh. <laughs> oh.